Welcome to Opiso, a resource from Solano Community Church. My name is Rebecca Jones, and I'll be your host today. Opiso means follow in the language of Jesus' day. And the Opiso podcast is a space where we, as the Solano Church community, can explore what it means today to find and follow Jesus. So wherever you are on that journey, we're happy that you're with us. Welcome to the second episode of Opiso, Solano's podcast. Um, I'm super excited about this particular episode because um, this has been something that's really been on my heart for the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm here with two friends um, of the of the church, members of the church, and I am um, I've been really encouraged just like talking to them in um, the last couple of weeks just about what it means to share our faith in this time. Um, We live in a really specific cultural context um, where it can feel like um, there are so many hurdles to just being honest and sharing um, our faith and just what Jesus has done on the cross. Yet um, from scripture, we see that there is an imperative that we do so. Um, There's reason to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to just give a quick uh, pan to everyone here to just give a little bit of an introduction to who they are, um, as much as you want to share. yeah, whoever wants to go first, go for it. Why don't you go first? Sure. Um, hi, my name is Lauren. I'm an artist, specifically a story artist, and I also do creative writing. Um, I am 30, and I did a lot of Young Life, which is like a ministry for high schoolers, and um, uh, I did that in college and in high school, and... Um, yeah, I've had the privilege of being able to minister at like schools, like in the video game industry, in the animation industry. Um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much all. Hi, my name is Lydia. I came to this country um, for graduate school. Uh, that's uh, decades ago, I think that's 1981. Uh, one major after another, one school after another. And uh, so eventually um, got my PhD in biostatistics and uh, surprisingly, (laughs) as a foreign student back in 1994, I got a job offer UCSF. Um, So the last place I in fact wanted to come is California, let alone Bay Area. And uh, so here I am. Yeah, never meant to stay in this country, uh, but God has his plan. Here I am. <laughs> awesome. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, I want to start by just reading uh, a scripture. This is Ephesians 4.11. Um, and he gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful, deceitful schemes." Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. 
Um, before we like get into the specifics of how we understand evangelism, how we see it, I'm going to read um, a definition of, of evangelism, the gift of evangelism, coming from Solano's uh, Spiritual Inventory Package, which is on the OPISO website, which you can access at any time. Um, so evangelism, the divine enabling to share and show Christ's love to others that are not Christians in a way that eventually brings them to faith in Jesus. People with this gift, one, have the wisdom to know when and with whom to share their salvation story. Two, are sensitive to the Holy Spirit's work in someone's life. Three, deeply desire to see people know Christ personally. Four, can share easily uh, their testimony. Uh, and five, seek to build relationships with non-believers for the purpose of eventually sharing Christ with them. So either of you guys, whoever wants to get started, can you just speak a little bit to um, the way that that definition either aligns with your convictions or uh, just isn't in alignment with your convictions? <laughs> how, how does that work for you? I think Solano's definition is much better than um, some other definition I have seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also uh, encouraging and inviting. And uh, uh, so for me, um, it's also uh, it's my experience. And I just uh, I like to meet people. I make conversation with strangers and I'm not nervous. I relate to people and uh, build relationship. Um, you know, I don't necessarily, I rarely like, you know, when before I build some foundation of a trust relationship and then jump into share the core of the gospel. But definitely, uh, hopefully, like, I like the purpose to build good relationship and people at least perceive me a decent human being mm -hmm. and uh, uh, inviting and uh, kind. Uh, that's my experience and uh, my uh, I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Mm. So I can tell that I have like an extraordinary amount of boldness when it comes to talking about Jesus. Like I don't wait to, I don't wait to tell people about Jesus. It's actually like a thing for me to tell people that I love Jesus uh, as soon as possible. Like um, first opportunity. I don't wait until there's like a good moment. It's just, it's like telling people that I'm married. Like <laughs> I'm not going to hide that from people. I'm not ashamed of my husband. Like I want you to know that I'm taken like and mm. happily taken. Mm. You know what I mean? And like it leaves no open door for like faithfulness to come in or like pretending I'm someone I'm not and like living a double life. Mm. And so I definitely have like such an openness. Like I'm so like, it's not scary for me to share my faith with people because of my understanding of like Jesus's role in my life. And, um, I want people to know him. And, um, so it is, it is remarkable. It, and so I do think that everyone should be like, you know, in the, it's biblical that like everyone should be learning, like, uh, sharing their faith. But I think that for me, it's like, it's like a, it's like how I express my love for God. And it's also like a gifting that he has given me. Like, it's not like I am especially talented with evangelism. It's that like, I, I love doing it. It makes me happy. It makes me feel close to God. It's like, you know, having a good cry or like singing or like, you know, seeing something beautiful. It like fills me up so much after I can like share Jesus with someone or like share my testimony in a way that I can tell like blesses another person. And, um, 
Yeah, I think of it as kind of like a love language, like people like people and like other giftings are like they express their love to God more. But like for me, like my PDA level with God is like Mm. at 100, like I'm like (laughs) make out by the lockers with God (laughs) level open about my relationship with him. And like uh, other people have told me that, that it's like I've seen that about you. So like it doesn't mean that like other people love Jesus less than me. It's just like a different way of um, expressing my love for him Mm. yeah that's really interesting I feel like um the way that it has been sort of like manifested for me has been primarily like with my like close friends Mm -hmm. I remember before Mm -hmm. I was really walking with the Lord um and directly after I sort of had my encounter with God my biggest I remember the biggest thing that was just on my mind all the time was just like I get it I I get how the world could be so deceived right Mm -hmm. like I I I just didn't realize how um huge the work of the spirit was in sort of revealing God's Mm -hmm. revelation to me Mm -hmm. right so I think for that reason like my conviction for sort of meeting people where they are mm-hmm. is like critical like the first yeah. question I'm always mm-hmm. asking is like oh mm-hmm. do they know Jesus right. though like yeah or my question is like uh, uh, who's Jesus to you mm-hmm. yeah like to kind of do a little, a little assessment yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, real. yeah yeah but I'm curious to hear just because I feel like there's often there's there, this distinction that kind of comes up in a lot of Christian circles where people will say um, well this person has a gift of evangelism this person doesn't per se right mm-hmm. um, but I think for a lot of just due to the fact that we're called to share our faith in scripture um, I'm curious what your process in boldness has looked like mm-hmm. so when you guys were first saved do you, or even prior to accepting Christ did you have the level of boldness that you do mm-hmm. now or has mm-hmm. it been a work of the spirit to push you to that has it been the boldness that's been cultivated towards the the, the purpose of Christ what did that look like for you guys that's such a good question. Yeah, I, I, um, like I said, I was a foreign student. Uh, I was in a PhD program, and uh, um, I came to this country for that degree. Okay, and uh, uh, so that's in the middle of that process. That's when um, Lord found me, and I became Christian. Okay, um, the moment. I was touched and decided to commit to Christ and understood that. And that's when I feel like in my life, there's nothing more worthwhile to do mm-hmm. to commit like my life into. But mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody because the environment I was in, I was so afraid. I also, I didn't have any background. My family come from like no religion. I had no exposure. I didn't know the network. So I was so timid that I didn't want like to be misunderstood as, if, oh, I'm going to quit my PhD program, jump into seminary school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't have that courage. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, so I didn't tell anybody, but took all the opportunity, any training, any workshop, any opportunity to learn, uh, Bible, choir, singing, mm-hmm. whatever. Also in my heart, I'm thinking, I didn't know any position, any role. I feel like, oh, I need a title, need to be entitled also. I'm thinking, so if I really want to do only thing in my life is nothing but share God's word. Mm. With no specific profile. Anybody who like to do this together to continuously explore God, this God, the true God I'm so excited about. I'm thinking, so what status could I have? Oh, pastor's wife. <laughs> I was like, this is the only thing I feel like I'm 
woman, what, what could I be? You know, I'm thinking, oh, to be a pastor wife. From my uh, observation, the only thing I am not qualified is I didn't know how to play piano. No, <laughs> it was like everything, everything mm-hmm. else. I was thinking I was a natural born pastor wife, you know. <laughs> so one thing led to another, like God's mercy and grace, not only to the Christian community, but to me, like fortunately God step by step, like, you know, let me know that definitely not. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so he has a different plan for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, every time I share my testimony, every time I share God's word, um, it's like it's a one more time to convince myself. Mm-hmm. It's like I was preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. I get more and more energized, like mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my passion, like when I talk about God, that's very uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. That people can tell right. that emotion, that passion. And then to my experience, like I think that really matters my life how I relate to God and how I live my life. Yeah, that's um, gradually, though, God knows my heart mm. and that he blessed me to step by step, uh, step into like for full time ministry. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's the best blessing in my life. Mm. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I have very, very little faith in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying it was primarily the work of the Spirit to embolden you to be able to proclaim and to lead you into the ministry that you would ultimately step into. And my weakest link, though, is prayer. Um, But every turning point of the ministry, including how I even stepped into that outreach profile, that those people, it start from a prayer. Mm. Very simple prayer. Mm. As for God's leading, you know, prayed every day when I passed by this one place and said, please, God, you know, help me to connect to these people. Mm. Yeah, so every turning point, good or bad, like, you know, struggles, it, it started with a prayer and God turned things around. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Even I'm not a very, like, a praying person, but gradually God lead me to focus on prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you're asking if boldness has increased since salvation? Yeah. Or have you, I mean, are you before Christ, were you just a generally bold person and the spirit just sort of like directed your Mm -hmm. focus towards Christ? (laughs) Has it been a process of emboldening? Yeah. Emboldening. Yes. Right. Boldness. Right. that's a really good question. And looking back on it, so I became a Christian when I was 14. And like that year, eighth grade was my first year out of Christian school, first year in public school. And um, that was the year that I was, I don't know. I, it's like the, the first year where I realized God, like Jesus was my king. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to live my life for him. Like, I, I think that I may have been saved before that, but I remember that it was, it was so much like falling in love. Like it really was like, um, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) Um, but, uh, um, also, I was led to Christ by someone who I had a crush on, and I was so funny. We dated. This was like 14 years old. Like dated mm-hmm. for two weeks. Got my brother to break up with him like, <laughs> for me. Like after I came to know Jesus, I stopped being attracted to him or whatever. It was like I really was attracted to Christ in mm-hmm. him, and we're like still friends now. But um, so uh, all that. 
Um, so before I was saved, before I like felt so loved and seen and like significant because of God, I was like so cast down, like really like suicidal feelings as a middle schooler are really serious. Mm. And, um, uh, I was very cast down and had like my teen, my, my teachers were really concerned about me and stuff like that. But then it was like my teachers remarked on how much I had changed that I was like Mm. smiling at people initiating conversation like I it's like I was physically different Hmm. and then like right after I was saved I got involved with Young Life that like um, I had like amazing Young Life leaders especially my um, my friend KT who I think that he almost like imparted and trained me up in the gift of evangelism as something that makes me feel loved. Mm. And, um, and so evangelism was like very easy for me right off the bat. Um, I, I, it made sense for me to tell people about something that blessed me so much. And, um, so my, I was, I had that experience when I was 14, but, um, there have been so many steps over time, like that my, boldness has become more intense and like more like complete. And so, um, and I think that that came with my deepened understanding of how much of a sinner I am, like Mm. with time, like, I think that so many Christians don't understand how sinful they are. So Mm -hmm. they never feel the true joy of their salvation. Mm -hmm. And that is like such a loss. And so I think like in the past, like three years, have I like really grasped that and like Mm -hmm. loved God so much more. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, I, and when I first became Christian, I was like singing and dancing mm-hmm. on the street. Nothing else changed, in fact. It's yeah. just that like joy, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, uh, later on, throughout my life, my parents oftentimes ask, like, why are you so happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they think, like, I don't really have anything special, like, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, and, and uh, I'm glad, like, you mentioned about realize you're such a sinner, mm-hmm. you know. I did my commitment prayer 1981, uh, okay? That's when I was born. <laughs> yeah, but I think deeply realized, personalized that about sin is not until maybe 2014 or 15. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so that's when I start to relate to Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. I used to be like, when church singing, I was like, oh, this is song again. Mm-hmm. How boring. And after that threshold, every time, mm-hmm. you know, we sing the song, my tears just come down. Oh. You know, so I, I think uh, sin, realize, personalize, realize what a sinful, sinful nature that I had deep inside mm-hmm. and that's how deep we can relate to what ama- amazing amazing mm-hmm. love and the salvation mm-hmm. is about and, and and make it very personal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so I don't think it uh, can be imposed mm-hmm. by any human being right but God uses us as a broken vessel but it you know I think the Holy Spirit is definitely is the one who lead us to Christ, to God, step by step in his way, in his timeline. And with my personal experience, I I feel more and more relaxed and free. It's like uh, God can use me, but the ultimate result and timing is totally in his hand. Mm. That's how I could continue to do what I do. Even I don't get to see the result. 
Yeah. The traditional result is what? Baptism, mm-hmm. and they become church leader and uh, uh, or disciple others, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm just so grateful, so grateful for this journey when I start to realize mm-hmm. how broken mm-hmm. I am still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, a really deep point. I think, like, I grew up in a Christian home, but I think what was missing from my understanding of faith and Christ is that, like, he is the completion of our souls. Mm-hmm. Right? So all of these things that we desire, like even security, intimacy, just community are found in him. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm having conversations with friends who aren't believers and we're trying to pick like piece everything together of how we can like make this work. Maybe we need to start dating. Maybe we need to like go partying a little <laughs> yeah. bit more. Right. But what we're really looking for is Christ. Yeah. Right? So when we actually have that, we should be excited to share mm-hmm. that with people. You don't have to mm-hmm. look anymore. Mm-hmm. We have it. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Just listening to you guys talk. It's just so encouraging. Um, and it's making me think about um, our church is coming out of a study in Philippians. And this is Philippians 1, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul is literally in prison, but he's writing. And he's saying, uh, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. <laughs> and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord mm-hmm. and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Mm-hmm. Right? So we mm-hmm. just... Thinking about how important it is, I think thinking about that verse in Ephesians, the idea that we all work together in the body of Christ to embolden each other to be mm-hmm. able to uh, mm-hmm. step into everything that God's called us to. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's yeah. a there's a there's a place for evangelism, but yeah. there's also a place. I mean, in the world, obviously, in sharing the, the the gospel, but it's also there's a place in the church for that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So being bold about that, mm-hmm. even in our space, is super yeah. super important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, uh, just one thing that I'll add on is like for me, evangelism is it's it's a it's not just about non-believers in general. It's mm-hmm. like a compulsion to share the goodness of Jesus mm. all the time. Maybe not all the time, but like it's like it, it builds up believers as well. And yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And uh, and when we build up each other, in fact, build up b- believers. Um, I remember I have text message like with Lauren back and forth for 14 minutes. I want to save those text messages <laughs> because like I said, encourage myself whatever the scripture whatever i said to her in fact as if it's like that's what god says to me mm. you know it's so powerful and uh, uh every round i go um you know like that i feel so energized mm. spiritually that's mm-hmm. beautiful um so with that kind of experience, though, then we have more courage, we're assurance and, uh, um, you know, uh, and joy to share with non-believers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like you don't have to, like, it, it's just from our blood, yeah. right? It's just from our breath, just like, <laughs> because uh, it, it just like, it just, it's just from our life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this, I mean, we're talking a lot about how we can encourage each other, but I think a really critical way that we can Mm -hmm. do that even right now is to share a couple of experiences and stories that, um, where God has just like flipped the script on, (laughs) (laughs) on how we've shared things, um, just changing people's hearts as we know that he does. Mm -hmm. Um, and after that, I mean, I think that the other question that I want to go into a little bit later is this question about um, battling discouragement. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the reality of proclaiming the gospel is that you will be denied very often, right? So this question of, like, um, first, let's just take a, a little bit of time and just talk about the positive, right? Because these are some of the ways I think you're, as you're mm-hmm. bringing up, 
um, we can reminisce on some of the ways that God has been faithful. I mean, to remind ourselves that he is still working, even if it doesn't look like he's working, mm-hmm. right? So can either of you guys share a little bit? I don't know, I think. I have a really good one. Okay. So um, something that I had thought about today was like, I think that people underestimate or they like poo-poo the role of being a seed sower instead mm-hmm. of like, oh, I want to be the, the person who reaps. I want to see people come to faith. Like people think that that's like the most important part. And I think that actually that can be kind of cocky because Jesus sowed seeds. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus mm-hmm. didn't stick around to see like all the fruit that was going to happen. Like his, even his disciples didn't have the power to love him back until after Pentecost. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like that's so significant. Like Jesus had the humility to not stick around to see like the fruit of his labor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that it's really important to like just be sowing seeds out of like a really like genuine overflow of your love for Jesus and not like being hung up on the outcome and like, uh, so something that, uh, I wanted to share was, so, uh, when I was a young life leader, it's a ministry that is for high school, non-Christian and Christian high schoolers. And it's often led by college students. So I, one year, had to go to Young Life camp. And uh, I, like, you know, you work all year to try to, like, bring kids to camp because that's often where kids get saved. And no matter how hard we tried, we could only get one girl to go. We had, like... 10 or 11 boys go and only one girl. And so I had this like hang up. I was like, am I not good enough? Like, I'm pretty sold out for Jesus. Like why this one girl? And like, of course I loved her, but, um, she already knew Jesus. And so I was like, I'm happy that she gets to go and like have a good time, but she's pretty independent. And so she didn't really want to hang out with me and that was fine. We had some times together, but it's like a whole week. And so, Uh, I realized that I had this hang up about like, I was putting my identity in like being a leader and an evangelist for Jesus instead of like first and foremost being God's daughter. And, uh, so I had that realization. And so I just like gave that up to Jesus and I had this really cool experience where like, I kept like meeting random kids all over uh, the camp over the week. And I, whenever I would ask them where they came from, all of them were from central New Jersey and they were all, they all had the same leaders. And specifically like one night, uh, one of the, we have like a powwow with all the leaders. And one of them said, so I tried giving one of my kids a haircut last night with a beard trimmer and now he's bald on one side of his head does anybody here cut hair and can you please save us I've done something horrible to my child and like um so uh and I used to cut hair just like I I taught myself how and so I was like I'll do it so uh And there's, like, a no purple rule where, like, no opposite gender leaders can't be, like, alone with uh, kids of the opposite gender, right? And so um, his leader came with me and this kid to, like, uh, this area where I was cutting his hair and his leader fell asleep. So it was just me and this kid. And um, I had never met him before. He was from central New Jersey. And um, so I'm cutting his hair. And, like, there's something amazing about cutting hair where you're not making eye contact, but you're being, like, physically intimate and it's like very safe and so um he was like opening up about his experience at camp Mm. and he was saying like that he he's never felt comfortable around guys before he can't open up he can't be himself like um 
and um, I started strug- telling him about my struggle with like my gender like fitting in like my gender identity issues and like even like sexuality issues that I've had and like he opened up just a little bit and mm-hmm. so it was such a gift a blessing that under these weird circumstances that he could be alone with a female leader and so mm-hmm. I fixed his hair he looked so good perfect <laughs> in time for like 50s night the next night he looked so cute and so, <laughs> so sweet and it was such a blessing to him mm-hmm. and so and then at the end of the week so I had just been praying for all of these kids because I'm like what else what else do I do I'm just gonna pray for them and uh all six of these kids came to know Jesus, wow. including John. And um, we need like, please pray for John. Um, but he gave his life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could see all of the different roles. So it's like the guy who botched his haircut because he loves this kid and like wants to do his best. He reached out for help. And then I was the next, next touch person was able to have an emotional conversation mm-hmm. with him and show him how Jesus loved me in similar ways to how he's been loved. And then it was like the, um, you know, the purpose of prayer and like the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And then there was the person on stage during club who like called for the salvation prayer. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is the one who like mm-hmm. really is the author. Like Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Like in the end of the day, I am not the one who converts people. It's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I just really liked seeing all the roles of everyone in that situation. And I was just a part of it. But I got to see the fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's super great. Beautiful. Great. <laughs> yes. Such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it you still, yeah, it, it, I can tell, mm-hmm. you know, from the way you, you, you're telling the story is still mm-hmm. so, it's such a joy. Yes. Yeah. 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 You remember that experience mm-hmm. and that uh, you will just continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also yeah. really love the fact that, I mean, these are questions that you have like thought through a lot, right? Things that you've personally gone through and struggled with, right? Mm-hmm. And God had the capacity to just redeem and change and use it for his glory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes there's this tendency to think that you have to present as if you have it all together, mm-hmm. right? When you're when you're sharing your faith. But in reality, it's like, no, like the scars are actually really important. It actually right. draws people to us. There's right. a vulnerability mm-hmm. that we can have. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. If we stay, I've, I've been thinking about, like, our faith, like, uh, between us and God and us between, like, between us and other believers, like, don't focus on coming off as perfect. Come off, like, be vulnerable. Like, that's mm-hmm. the best. Like, God can work with vulnerability. And, like, you don't want to occlude Christ while trying to, like, represent him. You should always be, like, reflecting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing is, like, um, I feel... Um, we question, you know, need to have the courage to say, I don't know, you know, and uh, when we come into conversation, it, as long as I feel comfortable to say, I don't know, uh, let's explore this together. Uh, you know, that's my opportunity to, um, you know, uh, educate myself in the different area. The question I'm not sure how to answer from a biblical point of view. And uh, that just give me the freedom and courage, right? Also, like, uh, don't try to win the conversation because my experience is whatever conversation you win over, that person, most likely, is not going to be become Christian, mm-hmm. okay? So, um, 
I, I, I tend to have more exposure to intellectuals and uh, um, they, they, of course, you know, they, 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 they're very interested in study Bible with you. But then, you know, in fact, I really respect the people said to me, including my parents said, I want my personal experience. Mm. I said, great. <laughs> I respect that. And to one person, you know, he was about to leave this country, going back to his own culture. I said, do you know what that really means? He said, I know, Lydia. Just pray. You know, he said, one thing is I want my personal experience. The other thing he said is even harder. I said, what? He said, um, it's like every critical point of my life. My mother used to take me to this, like by the riverbank, to worship and pray to this statue, okay, as an idol. Mm. And uh, uh, so throughout his lifetime, he perceived that statue, that supposedly spirit, being protecting him, bless him, gets through his lifetime major uh, critical points. And... Uh, so he said, it as if I betrayed that, you know, if I accept Jesus. He said, you know, that's, I think, even harder than just say, I want my personal experience. I said, no problem. I said, I'll pray for you. Two days after that, we went to a one day, uh, like a road trip. You know how hard it's find a parking space in that marine highland. Yeah. You know to watch the Golden Gate and that uh, light tower. You know that that tourist place, and uh, 580 right before we enter into that tunnel, getting to see that Bay Bridge. I just open my mouth. In fact, first time in front of believers, full carload, <laughs> non-believers. Okay, I just said. Oh, God, dear God, just please bless me a parking space because that's mm -hmm. my most stressful thing when I take people for the touristic point. Okay, get to that first visa point. You know, so many cars waiting for a parking space. It just so happened that car pulled out <laughs> and my car just there just pulled in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it happened all the way to the top of mountain, then to that light tower. It's like... First time they were like, huh. <laughs> Second time they were like, hmm. Third time like, wow. <laughs> Fourth time I said, personal experience? <laughs> Did you pray? I said, it's my personal, very personal <laughs> experience. <laughs> I mean, people, some Christian laugh at like pray for parking spot. It's got mercy, mercy, mercy and grace at that one time, you know, because this person asked for personal experience. <laughs> But he didn't pray. He didn't believe. So that couldn't be his personal experience, right? But it's my personal. But he got to observe. And this person has gone back to his own culture, his own country. And uh, like this has been more than two years. I just recently got a message from him in his hometown. He's doing Bible study oh, wow. with amazing. Christians. Wow. Yeah. That's so, crazy. But he couldn't possibly through the system we're connecting with each other to tell me that he's Christian or not mm -hmm. yet. You know, mm -hmm. so um, he, he hope that one day I'll visit his hometown. Wow. That's to, so to let those people say like, hey, you know, there are other kind of questions. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. So, um, 
So I don't know if, when I will be able to. But um, that I experienced to me. Um, some Christians said, "How about there's no parking space when you prayed?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, and I have another way to explain what prayer is about." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. to me, uh, even there's no parking space. You know, I think that's a good experience to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that's like a, it's not like a magic. But I did explain a little bit. You know, not always like for small. But that's that's my experience for small things, big things, and uh, I continue to share with Christian also. We need to uh, believe by you know God is in charge of everything, mm. but not in our ways, in His way. Mm. Yeah, that's really really critical. Yeah, and I feel like this point of making sure that you're letting people into the intimacy that you have with God to be mm-hmm. able to even pray yeah. about something like a parking spot, right? Yeah, parking yeah. spot. Regardless if it's there, not my salary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not my kids. <laughs> um, regardless so. if it's there, you are sort of bringing that anxiety to God. Right? Yeah, and that's yeah. something that like non-believers don't have the access to mm-hmm. be able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. The most stressful thing really for those tours is parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I had a friend in college who I I care I mean he he means a lot to me as a special place in my heart and I think when I first met him he was a very hardened atheist like very uh-huh. just like people believe in God to make it out of poverty type of you know person and um, I had I was presenting at this um, symposium and on my poster board I had in my acknowledgments that like I I thank God for oh, cool. uh, mm-hmm. intellectual revelation whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And he, one of my friends saw that and she decided to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't see my board, but he saw her board. And Mm -hmm. he was like, isn't that so stupid that she does that? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, man. I think like, I don't know. She has a personal relationship with God. If she feels that like she actually cites him as the reason why her brain can operate the way that that it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember just feeling super um, afraid to share that with him, mm, right? Um, I, and I the, can relate. The entire yeah. summer I we were hanging out, I didn't get a chance, or I, I felt so um, ashamed mm-hmm. to speak boldly that I, I, I kind of skirted around the topics at times, right? I wouldn't say that I was going to a Bible study. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're hanging out with some friends, you know, your mm-hmm. faith community, like very vague if you could mm-hmm. be, right? And at the end of the summer, we were having like these like long conversations, deep conversations, and I could not hold it in anymore wow. and so he was just like he was saying something kind of derogatory to about faith and I was just like but I don't think you really get it though <laughs> right? like if a person actually had a relationship with God if they actually had an encounter with God it would change everything uh-huh. right it would uh-huh. it would like change the way that you see depravity and, and yeah. poverty and the right. worst parts of the human experience you would see in a new lens if you really understood mm-hmm. right. the context in which like we're living right, right. There's, there's more to the human experience and he just like sat in silence just like staring at me because he just wow. didn't really realize that this is what I had like within mm. me this entire time right, right. but he listened wow. and exactly. he was like so ready to hear it he, his heart was like longing for that truth like he had mm-hmm. just never heard it he was coming mm-hmm. from a place of such like um yeah like spiritual depravity right mm-hmm. and I mean fast forward maybe a year and a half we were having conversations our friendship developed and he was talking about how one day he would hope to have a relationship with God wow. that I had. Wow, right? that's amazing. That, so yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. so cool. That's the work of the Spirit. Yes. But I think it's that even yes, small definitely. act of faith to be able to yeah. convey that, right? To yeah. be honest about the intimacy that we have with God. It's like God uses those right. things, right? Even in our own brokenness and weakness. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like before my father became, uh, become Christian, he said that he wished mm. his son would become Christian. Mm. I said that you must have captured something mm-hmm. so great, mm-hmm. your only son. Mm-hmm. 
I said, must be something you know that is so good. Mm-hmm. But that's before he accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, so people observe our life. Mm-hmm. People know. And there's something they desire to have. Mm-hmm. But still, I would say prayer is so important. The more they want, both of my parents, okay, it's like one step forward, three step back mm. because the spiritual battle I'm telling you is real mm-hmm. something will happen and he steps three step back and back and forth back and forth so I just I just feel like you know uh, the, the, the more example more life I've seen the more humble I am it's nothing like what I do what mm. I say God use us for sure but don't be like too self-centered think like what's the result I will bring yeah. up you know it's, it's, a, it's, it's the Holy Spirit it doesn't have to be you it can be yeah, anything yeah, yeah exactly the uh, Lawrence example right you're part of it I heard testimony like all the way in the United States like so many places you know this this foreign student boom until they come to mm-hmm. Berkeley and <laughs> got baptized mm-hmm. you hear the story gosh you know maybe there's more than 10, 12, 20 questions have mm-hmm. touched that life mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah. Also- that humbles me mm-hmm. yeah there are also like uh, like with your friend, like I'm sure that there are other ways that you like earned a right to be heard up until that point. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not time to share before then. You know what I mean? Even though you're like, dang it, like I'm <laughs> such a bad Christian and all this stuff. Um, but it, God was like preparing the time. And sometimes I think our intuition is correct that it's not time to share yet. And mm-hmm. um, and we shouldn't like kick ourselves, um, but we should keep asking God for a gift of evangelism with that person Amen. if they're on our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, what I like about Rebecca, about you, is that you're really good at question asking. And I think that you're really good at getting people to think critically about their beliefs. And so I imagine that, like, in your relationship with this person and other people in your lives, you're actually making them face themselves and, like, think about God more often than you would just telling them to think about God. And um, also with that situation is I think that we get caught up in being like I don't want to let people know that I'm a Christian because I don't want them to misunderstand me I don't Mm -hmm. want them to misunderstand God but the thing is is that they already misunderstand God Mm -hmm. they already misunderstand you Mm -hmm. there's only one way to change that which is telling them (laughs) yes (laughs) yes so you can't just waste your time being stressed out about it it's okay to wait but you need to be prayerful in your waiting Yes, wow. yes. That's that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. They already misunderstood. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are like, kind of part of them is like, please prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that people, there are two things. Someone pointed something out to me that was actually kind of comforting. Is like, people sometimes really want to be proved wrong, but also people are looking for a reason to be like, see, I knew it was all fake. Now I can continue in my sin. Mm-hmm. It's like they want the hope, but they want their sin also. That's, I mean, it, that struggle continues even when you're a Christian. So, I don't know. That kind of gives me peace that a mm-hmm. lot of people actually do want to hear. Mm-hmm. All right. I think one of the biggest things that we can do as the body of Christ is to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, for those of us who... Um, have a heart for evangelism um there are definitely a lot of challenges that come up what are some of the best ways that um other members of the body can encourage someone's desire for evangelism or their uh, initiatives towards Mm -hmm. it or partnership with you 
Mm. Or, or partnership. Partnership. Be part of it. Yeah. Even they're not a front line. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, like, just like a lot of different giftings and, like, types of service, you can hit a point where you feel very lonely and, like, you're the only one. Mm. And especially, like, when you feel like your ministry is, like, your non-Christian workplace or something like that, it can feel very, like, isolating. So it's, like, really encouraging to hear other people who aren't, quote, gifted with evangelism, like, share, like, how they have been bold with, like, sharing the gospel with people. Um, It just helps us to not feel alone. And, um, And that has been really special for me to like hear about how other people are sharing and just like having like a home base to come back to like at a home group or something and just like get excited and like pump each other up and stuff like that. And, um, and to people who are evangelizing out there, like you aren't alone and like, um, God is like so creative with you and just like keep thanking him for your gift. And like, if you start to feel like Jonah vibes, like I have, like tell somebody, ask for prayer um, and don't let Satan get a foothold because you may be misunderstanding what God is actually asking you to do. Mm. I I would just say like, you know, uh, if you feel, uh, if anybody feel not confident, like, oh, certain area read about it equip yourself you know it's cumulative but don't let that uh, stop you and uh, build relationship and open uh, with open mind asking questions oh why do you think of that way oh it's good to know you know um, tell me more about it mm-hmm. okay so uh, uh, I, I know people are not like uh, some people are not confident you, you don't have to know it all mm-hmm and uh, uh, but one thing uh, though if if you don't feel like you even know uh, the background Bible read about it Mm -hmm. you know I think some tool book is is more efficient maybe uh, than others and uh, ask around you know just equip yourself instead of uh, saying well I'm not confident Um, you know uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that's how. That's why I would say. Also, like I said earlier, uh, you don't need a head. You don't need to be entitled. Jesus already, God already give us that title. Mm-hmm. Each one of us, we're the ambassador. Think about the 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 honor of being an ambassador of any country, mm-hmm. and think about this country that we're representing. Mm-hmm. is way beyond the United States mm-hmm. or whatever perceived a superpower country or China. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's, it's a kingdom of a God. We're an ambassador. How how honored and privileged that we're the ambassador. Then if we're the ambassador of that country and how I can equip myself to live up to that title. Mm-hmm. That's the only title. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think equipping ourselves uh, we don't have to go to necessarily go to seminary schools, but take a course once in a while. You know, it's good and mm-hmm. read a book. And uh, also, our home group. In fact, one time, um, you know, Lauren just asked a question from a friend. Is how do you address this question? Mm-hmm. I think that's super great practice. Most of people in the beginning said, oh, I really have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Basically, none of us know how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
let's think about this and uh, learn about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I think home group can once in a while ask each other what kind of question you got from out there. Yeah. And why? Why you 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 know? How do we address this question? Maybe just one week, just one question. That might be take the whole night though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for sharing. This has like been awesome. I want to end with Mark 16, um, starting with verse 14. Um, Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Um, I just think it's super amazing um, to hear the perspectives of other people in our community and hear just the way that God is working. Um, and this should be an um, encouragement to all of us who are um, really considering what it really means to know Jesus Christ. Yes. Right? Um, this is a massive message. This is the best news that's ever been preached in forever. Right. Mm-hmm. So we should be bold. Um, we should be encouraged to share mm-hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you guys for coming through. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.